This is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gilley, and joining us as always from our studio in Los Angeles, the soon-to-be greatest coach in LA, Luke, Coach Walton. What up, Coach? How's it hanging, John? Uh, it's good, man. It's it's really good. It feels good to uh, to get that win against the Wizards on Wednesday night. Oh, absolutely. So some quick housekeeping before we jump in. Just one thing, uh, we'd really love to thank everyone who's followed us uh, on social media, uh, who's subscribed to the pod, who's who, you know who's liked us across all the various pages. Um, if you're enjoying the pod and you're not one of those people, please subscribe. Please follow uh, Luke Walton Talks Lakers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to get our coaches' takes on everything happening with the purple and gold. So with that, Luke, just want to jump in really quick. What What's on your mind with this Wizards game? Let's just check in quick. No need to linger on it, but what do, what do you think? Grit. We got grit now. This team, this team actually knows how to close out a little bit. Obviously, we're not great at it yet, but... That is a huge improvement over the last several years where we've had no hope. If we start to slip even a little bit within the last four minutes of a game, we're going to lose that game. Right, it's game over. And this is the first time we, where we, we didn't see that at all. And we saw clutch shots from Brandon Ingram. He's actually more confident pulling up right around like the, the free throw line, especially um, those tip ins. He, he's fighting for rebounds. And then we started to finally see Alonzo full court pass, caught the defense sleeping. And I, I'm excited to start to make teams pay, especially when they don't take us seriously, which is kind of what it felt like with that game. It felt like they didn't respect us fully. And then the Lakers earned that respect. The two shots that I loved were the, um, the KCP shot to uh, to bring us within two, which was then what set up Brandon Ingram to be able to to tie the game at the end with his with his uh, I'll call it an off the glass tip in. Yeah, right. That he didn't miss the first shot. He just you know he bounced it off the glass and he tipped it in. It looked controlled the whole way. It was just like Jordan Bell's play. Um, uh, but my favorite shot was the Julius Randle three that no one in Staples Center thought was going to go in. So unexpected. I, what What do you think that must feel like to be that guy? You're like in that Robert Ory moment, top of the key, going to go ahead three-pointer, and everyone in the, in the gym is doubting you? Yeah, no one believes in you. But it's great because the entire arena got louder than it got for the entire game when he hit that shot. Because it was like lightning struck. I, it was, it was um, uh, we used to have a guy named Pargo, and my, my dad, whenever Pargo would get the ball, he'd be like, Pargo, don't shoot, because he's just <laughs> so bad at shooting. And uh, that, that was one of those moments with, with Julius. I was like, no, Randall, no, yeah! Yeah, yeah I not for a second for that, that I believe that shot was going in. Not at all. I, I didn't want to leave his hands. I was like, no, pa- pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it, please. <laughs> That's what I love about this team is it literally goes from please, please don't stop the pain to just glory in a heartbeat. It's amazing. Yeah, totally with you. So, you know, I think uh, I think this today we want to do something a little a little different um, instead of just, um, you know, kind of like pondering the, the team and its and its future. Uh, and instead of just kind of recapping some games, um, we want to talk about. Uh, something that, that is, has already happened and evaluated, and that is the, the D'Angelo-Russell trade. Um, so, you may remember, prior to the draft, uh, the Lakers traded um, D'Angelo Russell, Timofey Mozgov, to the Brooklyn Nets uh, in return for uh, 
Brooke Lopez and the first round pick that became Kyle Kuzma. 27th pick. 27th pick, thank you. So the reason I bring this up is because I've, I've heard uh, some chatter lately that maybe this trade wasn't such a good idea for the Lakers and that, that maybe they shouldn't give up on a 22-year-old Ridiculous. Uh, second overall pick. So I have some, some numbers to, to back this up, but I guess I just want to hear your thoughts on that first, Luke, before I get into the numbers that prove that those people are wrong. I think NBA narratives are ridiculous. I think that we know just about as much as most everybody else knows, and we know nothing. So when everyone is against D'Angelo Russell, and then all of a sudden he goes away, and oh man, the guy, he can score 29 points in a game. I can't believe it. It's like, yes, of course he can. We knew that D'Lo could do that. We saw that on the Lakers. The guy just doesn't play defense, and he doesn't pass. His stat lines are like Kyrie on the Cavs stat lines. Yes, it's total Kyrie. It's like 30 points, one assist. And this is his ideal situation, to be on a team that doesn't care about defense, that lets him do whatever he wants, and nobody's better than him. Right, now he doesn't even have, he doesn't have Jeremy Lin anymore, so he doesn't even have like a real legit backcourt he gets, running mate. He gets to act like Colby in his last season, which is exactly what D'Lo's always wanted to do. It's true. It's what he, it's what he came into this league uh, with, and it's how he wants to go out of this league, apparently. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so just a couple quick, quick numbers here. Uh, the Lakers' current uh, salary today... With with the with the roster the way it actually is, uh, stands at 102.9 million dollars, um, which I believe is I believe is just over the cap. Um, the current salaries for next season for the 2018-19 season, um, with with everything that's guaranteed, so no one being extended, nothing like that, currently stand at 53.9 million dollars. Um, obviously, to be able to sign. Uh, to max free agents, that's going to have to get down to about 40, um, even less than 40, actually. Most so likely. low. That's so low. Um, so point is, is that we have a long way to go to be able to sign those players. Um, and it's going to require, you know, getting rid of Deng's 18 million, um, probably having to get rid of Clarkson's 12 as well. Um, and And that doesn't include... Like, that's without Brooke Lopez, without KCP, without Corey Brewer, without Julius Randle, without Andrew Bogut. Yeah. Right? So this is, like, next season, basically a skeleton of a team. It's like, it's like you know, it, it's like Lonzo and uh, Brandon. It, it, yeah, Lanz, Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma. The young guys. Yeah. You know, Ennis, Nance, <laughs> Hart, um, Zubac. Uh, so... That's that's the that's the state of things now, right? Um, is that you know we're 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 going to have to make some moves to be able to acquire those players next season, but but it's within reason, right? We we can theoretically move these players and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to point out: had the Lakers um, kept Timofey Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell, so we don't have Brook Lopez, uh, we don't have uh, Kyle Kuzma, we have Timothy Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell. And even just for fun, I included KCP's contract in this year's uh, salary. This year's salary would have been at $99 million, so below the cap. Um, next year's season for contracts on the books would have been $75.2 million. Coach, preach. Can't do that. 
can't do that. We got to get Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> people aren't ta- people aren't talking enough about getting Demarcus Cousins. But damn, I want Demarcus Cousins. You know, I uh, obviously LeBron that'd be great. Uh, you know, that that I'm just gonna file in the implausible would be nice category of life, and I don't really. I try not to think too much about that category because that category is just so broad in so many different spheres. And so as as a Lakers fan, I don't want to like pin my hopes of my happiness to LeBron coming or not. But I do feel comfortable doing that to Boogie. The man put up 41 <laughs> points. This is this is where he he's the only big man. So so we've been seeing him on a roster where basically two of the guys have no idea what to do when the other dude's got the ball. Yep. So he's finally the only big man on the court. The dude puts up 41 points, a block, a steal, six assists, and 23 rebounds. If we lose Julius Randle, that's the man to get. Also, if we lose Brooke Lopez, if we if we don't re-sign yeah. Lopez. But, but, but Brooke Lopez has never been a rebounding machine. We If we're able to get somebody that's... A defensive presence, a huge rebounding presence, and can score. I mean, how many big men can do that right now? They can fit into a modern league and and is you know big enough to bully people. I mean, I, we got it. We got to do anything it takes. Timothy Mozgov is not that man, and D'Angelo Russell, for all of his offensive superstardom potential, it is is not going to be a two way player for anybody. <laughs> he's he's gonna he's gonna be so much more interested in his own stat line than right. the, than the general team, and that's why we got him out of there. We don't want players like that. Yeah. So just I mean, here's a thought. Here, like, here's our current starting five. Right. Current starting five is. Uh, Brooke Lopez, KCP, uh, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Larry Nance. Right? Current starting five. Our, our starting five with, uh, with, Mr., with Mr. Russell on the team, um, assuming we still drafted Lonzo, uh, would have been Lonzo Ball, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Brandon Ingram. I'll assume Larry Nance still would have won out his spot. And then, like, maybe Mozgov at the six. Like, maybe we play Randall and Nance. But I guess my question is, like, is there ever a world where you would rather have the second starting five than the first starting five? Absolutely not. And I, 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 would, I would think that that team would lose at least 10 less games. Like, a substantial amount in a season where you don't have your own pick and you're trying to advertise free agents like Boogie. Like, hey, man, look how we played you. Like look, look, look at this—the potential of this team—and picture it with your kind of size and your kind of strength and know-how. Uh, with with D'Lo out there, you might be able to make a pitch to a team like, "Wow, these guys can score," but I don't think you're going to make anybody feel like they're, you know, a piece away from a chip or like contention. Right. Like that that team with Maz and and D'Lo starting is just a recipe for tanking. Like it. It doesn't look like anything other than that. Yeah, and, and, and I think we've said it before, like scoring is not this team's problem. This team needs to learn how to defend. Exactly. And uh, having KCP play real minutes is a way to start doing that. Um, like bringing in Bogut is a way to start doing that. Um, having D'Angelo Russell as your starting shooting guard and Timofey Mozgov as your starting center uh, is is not a recipe for for good defense. No, and, and a lot of it's about culture. Is we're seeing that with the 76ers now. These dudes don't know how to win. They don't know how to play together. They they're they're working on just learning that basic cultural 
thing in the NBA is how do you how do you close a game? How do you stay in it? How do you care about the team more than your own stat line? And we need to start building that culture now, and I think we are. And a guy like Lonzo is, is really helping. Guys like KCP and Bogut's really helping. Um, even Brooke. And and you're looking at Julius Randle and saying, oh, why is, why is he you know on the bench after these big runs late in game? And it's because we're trying to build that culture. Julius hasn't been giving us that that thirst for victory, that, that drive that, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that this, this experiment will bring it out of him because I, yeah, I I do think that he deserves minutes. Uh, but if he's, if he's going to be lackluster on the other side of the floor and, you know, not put his hands up when his shooter's taking a shot ever, why, why are you even out there? Yeah. Yeah. I I think like, you know, we've kind of heard this before, but, um, like sometimes to have a winning culture, you have to win. Yeah. Right, and so it's like I think it's the same thing with with defense that that you can't just take a bunch of young players who've never played good defense in their lives or who've never played good defense like at an NBA level in their lives, and you know show them some things on the board and expect them to suddenly be good defenders. Right, you you have to bring people on the team that can show them the way, that can model it, and that can do it, and then let them build off of it. Right, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I. I just think it's like no question. The other thing I wanted to go through really quick is so Lonzo, uh, excuse me, D'Angelo's stats right now, they're they're like they're very good. He's averaging 23 points per game, 5.5 assists, 4.5 rebounds, 1.8 steals, uh, 4.3 turnovers. <laughs> he currently has a 22.2 player efficiency rating, which is which is really good, um, and that's on a 33.6 percent uh, usage rate. Uh, Compare that to Lonzo, who's averaging 11.5 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds, 1 steal, 2.5 turnovers. He currently has a 10.5 player efficiency rating, uh, and that's on 20.7% usage. So, yeah, Lonzo's scoring less, but he's almost doubling the assists. He is doubling the rebounds. He has basically one fewer steal per game, uh, and he has two fewer turnovers per game. For, for such a pass-first guy to have that low of turnovers... And for a no-pass guy to have that many turnovers, it speaks volumes about just decision-making. Yes, and we're comparing D'Angelo three years in to Lonzo three games in. So to kind of even this out a little bit, let's compare D'Angelo three games in. D'Angelo, after three games in the NBA, which is how many Lonzo has played, scored nine nine points, uh, Was excuse me, was averaging nine points, two assists, 2.6 rebounds, 0.3 steals, uh, and 1.6 turnovers. Not even comparable. Now, like there are factors to that. Like Kobe was taking up a lot of usage. Lonzo didn't actually play. Or excuse me, uh, D'Angelo didn't actually play point guard in his first game. He came off and they had him in this weird shooting guard position. But but Lonzo didn't actually play a ton of minutes in his first game either. So I, I don't think that it's unfair to compare the two. And again, when you compare them apples to apples, like. I just don't think that there's any way a rational person can conclude that this trade was not a good thing for the Lakers. Yeah, and I think that they're. They're just trying to build a narrative, and they they see oh you know D'Lo's lighting it up, and he's gonna have a lot of highlights, and he's gonna look good on Instagram and stuff like that, which is exactly what D'Lo wants, um, and and so he's gonna he's gonna pull the media his way a little bit just because what else are you gonna talk about with the Nets? Like their their season is worthless. It it's not going anywhere. It's not gonna do anything for them. They don't have their pick. Might as well not even play it. So you know, let's talk about D'Angelo Russell and how he's this godsend, and and that's good for the fans and stuff. But but yeah, it's it's. I, NBA defense is is similar to uh, the run game in football, where it's you have to have the entire team bought in and and hitting their spots. And if anybody on the on the court isn't isn't interested, 
and just is fundamentally just not interested in doing it. And I think that Jr. Julius is interested in playing defense when the energy's there, when like the emotion's going. Yeah. D'Lo, I, I don't think it matters. He's just like always on the same speed. Uh, I heard someone compare him to James Harden physically. They said this season he came into the league and physically his body looks like James Harden. Right. Which is funny because that's another player who's notorious for not playing any defense. I know. So good. Those those defensive highlights of James Harden are some of like the best anti jokes. <laughs> totally, totally agree. Um, okay, so we're gonna move on. Uh, we're gonna move on to um, our segment. He spoke it into existence. Uh, so this week, um, prior to the Wizards game. Uh, LeVar Ball was speaking to ballislife.com and said, they better beware because Lonzo ain't losing again. Not in the same week. So there you have it. You heard it from the man. He's not losing again this week. Uh, once again, LeVar spoke it into existence. Uh, Luke, what do, you, what do you think about, um, you know, modern day Nostradamus? Don't doubt the prophet. I, LeVar is hilarious, man. He is exactly what this team needed he's just a wild crazy person on that it balances out our team that's like you know gutted out head down really coachable like (laughs) so he's just i'm glad that he's not on the team but he's given us that little sprinkling of ron artest that we need you know the lakers just need a little bit of unpredictable and he's he dials it up it's great and i can't believe it worked again this the whole like it's gonna be number two it's always been number two he's going (laughs) to the lake it's like Oh, I guess you know the yeah. the the secret Oprah's Oprah's thing. Lavar Lavar's got it on lock. Yeah, yeah, and and <clears throat> I think you're right. I think every team needs a hype man, and <laughs> normally the team has to put up with that hype man being a player, or like Spike Lee, which is yeah, which is great. We don't have to deal with our our hype man being a player, right? Like we don't have to deal with with Nick Young's antics anymore, but we get all the benefit of it on the sidelines. You see him calling out Gortat after the game. He's like, "Don't you, don't you leave without seeing me, boy." It's so funny. <laughs> he went over and hugged him afterwards. I think the thing is, like, Lavar understands it's all theater. Yeah. Right. He understands that like everyone is acting and he's playing his role, mm-hmm. and there's no malice in it. There's, there, you know, there's no ill will. It's just, it's all, it's all a game, and it's all these guys making money and and pushing their brands, and you know, he's gonna. He's gonna he's gonna act, and he already he already schooled a superstar. Like John, John Wall has got so much egg on his face. I mean, why? Okay, for why would you put yourself into that position if you're John Wall? Like you don't need the attention. Like I understand no. Patrick Beverly. Like the dude needs some hype. Like people don't really talk about Pat Beverly very often. And now this this first like couple weeks of the season that's all we're going to be talking about is oh you know Lonzo had a good game here but what if somebody plays defense like Patrick Beverly and really gets into his grill everyone always talks about that and Pat Beverly's getting the most publicity that he's ever got John Wall he doesn't need that publicity why is he out here picking fights with rookies well not even rookies with their dads right like right with rookies dad like when they asked when they asked Lonzo <laughs> how do you feel about playing John Wall Lonzo's, I'm paraphrasing, but Lonzo's quote was, um, I'm really excited. It's going to be really fun to play against a, a player of John Wall's caliber. Which is, I'm sure, 
exactly what he honestly believes in his heart of hearts. I mean, he's a PR. He's a PR team. Yeah, he's like Genie Bus is so happy. He's he's not like Magic. No, no, which is <laughs> hilarious that we've got Magic and Lavar just doing their thing, going crazy. So much more fun. So so much more fun than Jim and Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just compare those two. <laughs> Duos. Jim and Mitch are like the the two old men from the Muppets who sit up in the who sit up in the the box, mm-hmm. and right if those guys weren't fun, <laughs> and if those guys made everyone around them pay millions of dollars for Dang and Mozgov, <laughs> God, it's like yeah, sure, sure, I'd love to have D'Angelo Russell still see what happens, but you know, yeah, Jim and Mitch. <laughs> Um, All right. Well, that was this week in uh, He Spoke It Into Existence. He Spoke It Into Existence. Uh, One of our favorite segments. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to do it again soon. I think with with someone like LeVar, it's never uh, never too long before he says something else pretty incredible. I'm hoping one a week. Uh, Dude, that would... I hope he gives us one a week. That'd be great. I mean, he's... With everything he's doing with with LaMelo, by, like, pulling him out and homeschooling him and making his shoe he's potentially making him ineligible for the ncaa what people don't realize is that if he doesn't plan the ncaa there's i don't remember the specifics of it we can talk about this later but basically he could become a free agent like lamello could lamello could become a rookie free agent and the lakers could sign him what no way really yeah yeah this wouldn't fall into the like i'm gonna go to the g league for a year and then get called up kind of thing or uh, so that that might be a part of it. Again, I don't remember the specifics, so I don't want to like, I don't want to make something up right now. But that'd be so hype. But I, I know that so there weird. is a way for him to become essentially a rookie free agent. Oh and God. again, Lavar could speak it into existence. Oh come on, come on, profit. <laughs> um, all right, so we want to move now to uh, a brand new segment, uh, one we've never done before uh, that that we're both pretty excited about. Um, so. Uh, this segment is called Muse Cage, sponsored by my dog, Kobe. Um, so for those of you that, that are not aware, Muse is, is a noun and a verb, but the verb definition of it is to be absorbed in thought, say to oneself in a thoughtful manner, gaze thoughtfully at, and a dated definition is an instance or period of reflection, which is exactly what we are going to do now in the Muse Cage. So, Coach, welcome into the Muse Cage. Uh, if you would, I'd like to muse with you on a few different uh, stats so far from this season. So, so let me ask you, muse on this. Who do you think is top five in player efficiency rating on the team this season? Larry Nance. You think Larry Nance? I'm going to go with Larry Nance top right now. Any, 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 other, any other guesses? Are you sticking to Is this your final answer? Oh, um, let's see. Uh... Clark's a, no, go, go Nance. I'm going to stick Nance. You did it. You did it, man. Larry Nance. Tops, 19.9. PER right now. Ooh. Shoot. 19.9. And his, his, boy. his game, his last game, I, I think he shot like 80% from the field. Yeah. Our boy Junior, man. He's doing yeah, it. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, okay, number two. Who do you think is second in PER? Mm, Clarkson? Clarkson. 19, oh, man, I'm on fire. 19.4. Mamba mentality. Nineteen point four. All right. And he's and he's leading. He's leading the league as a six man, uh, scoring the most points off the bench in the entire league. Yeah, yeah. Jay well, I mean, he, he leads the team in points. So, 
Um, he's pleased. He, he's and he, I actually have, have seen a, a couple little Lou Williams moments. Yeah, man. I I, 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 I hate it on a little bit, saying, "Oh man, Clarkson, why are you trying that? You know, drifting in the air kind of shot." No, he's starting to feel it. It's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful man. thing. 19, 19.4. Right All right, third. Who do you think's third? I'm gonna go Brooke Lopez. Mm. No, no, no. I mean, I take it back. I take it back. Brooke Lopez. He's been missing too many shots from outside. Uh. Coos. No. KCP. Yeah. KCP. 16.1. Third highest PER. Really? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, because he, he doesn't take that many shots. Yeah, and they're good shots. They're good shots. All right. Uh, it's also only been two games for him. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Limited sample size. All right, number four. This one's a tough one. You haven't said this player's name yet. All right. Um, let's go with... You basically said everyone else that played significant minutes other than one guy. I, I know. <laughs> Julius? No. Yeah. Really? Julius in fourth with a 15.9. No way. Good for him. Player efficiency. Good for him. Do you think, okay, real quick, in the Muse cage, Muse on this. Uh, do you think yes. that Julius Randle will step up to Luke Walton's challenge psychologically? Uh, I, I think he will. I don't know if it's going to happen uh, of Julius's own musing, um, but I think that, you know, potentially, like, some injuries or like maybe someone getting a couple game suspension or something like that will maybe thrust him into a little bit of a bigger role and I think that 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 could do it okay and finally fifth who do you think is fifth in PER also a newcomer to the team you have said his name previously Coos. that's right Coos with a 15.8 so the top five is Larry Nance with 19.9 Jordan Clarkson with 19.4 uh, KCP with 16.1, Julius Randle with 15.9, and Kyle Kuzma with 15.8. How about that? I have been loving his play. I mean, for a rookie to be out there in the end of the fourth quarter, into overtime, like, yeah. no no hesitation either. The guy gets, like, a foot of space, and he's pulling yeah, up. He, Doesn't matter. Oh, he's, he's just... Yeah. His offensive game looks so developed. Like, I, I, I just don't understand. He's going to be such a threat. Just it, even even by the All Star break, I think he's going to be getting yeah everybody buzzing just like he was during preseason and during uh, summer league. I think we're going to start to see that Kuzma, the guy that's like like liable to to, to put up like twenty twenty two. I think he might come around by the All Star break. Yeah, yeah, and then just just to to be fair to round it out, Brook Lopez has fifteen point six, um, and then from there it's kind of a drop down. So. Um, uh, Brandon Ingram yeah, has 11.2, and Lonzo Ball at 10.5. Ingram's uh, last game, I think he was shooting around uh, 50% against the Wizards, uh, looking good. So uh, hopefully that upward trend continues. Yeah, his his should his should go up. Okay, so continuing now, uh, musing on a few things in the Muse Cage. We're going to do this Let's one more on. time. Uh, we're do this one more time with a different stat, and I think you're going to notice that that this next one uh, has some has some similarities to to the last one in terms of who we're going to talk about here. Aside from Larry Nance and Julius Randle, who currently uh, have the highest field goal, field goal percentage on the team, obviously it's a lot of layups. Aside from those two, who has the highest field goal percentage on the team? I'm, I'm gonna cheat a little bit here, because I'm gonna say Kuzma. Because I'm looking, I'm looking at this, check this statistic out. I'm a Muse Cage you right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can put me in the Muse Cage. Yeah, I'm gonna give you an over-under. Okay. Who has more points per game and a higher field goal percentage. Josh Jackson 
or Kyle Kuzma? I mean, I, I'm assuming because you're asking me the question that the answer is Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> so Kyle Kuzma is number six currently in minutes per game for qualified rookies. Number six. Wow. And out of the top 10 of those rookies, so we're talking like these, so obviously if you're a top 10 minutes per game rookie, you, you've been brought to your team to try to really change things, right? Like yep. that's like De'Aaron Fox, Tatum, Ben Simmons, like that. Those are the people that we're talking about, Josh Jackson. Yep. Kuzma is the highest field goal percentage out of those 10 rooks. That's he's got awesome. He's shooting 53.5 field goal percentage and he's scoring 14.5 points per game. The only people that are above him is uh, Ben Simmons and, uh, oh, yeah, what's this this guy? Mar- Markinen. Yeah, Markinen yeah. is the real deal, man. People need to keep an eye on him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been a nice surprise, but that's the category that Kuz is in. And that's such a steal yeah. for outside of the lottery pick? Crazy. And, and this is like a this is going to be like a historically good draft class, right? This is right. not like the Anthony Bennett class and Kuzma's cracking it, right? Like, this is going to be a, an all-time great one. Also, just want to put this out there. Ben Simmons is not a rookie. I don't care what you say. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what the rules say. He is not a rookie. And his his friend, uh, his friend... Uh, Embiid. Embiid, thank you. Embiid was not a rookie last year. Dude had three years of NBA training. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ben Simmons, not a rookie. If, if you want to see a rookie's rookie, take a look at Markel Fultz. Yes. That, uh, is, well, that's, that is a rookie. It seems like that team has might have kind of stunted the start of his career. So you 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 spend the last what like four seasons having guys that you just drafted be out for most of the year, if not the entire season, and then you put your top overall pick and you say, "Grind it out, man! Grind it out, man!" What? Right? Grind it out for what? It's you're not in the playoffs. You're not like trying to make a playoff spot or something. No, and. It's the first game of the season. And if any fan is comfortable waiting for their top draft pick to come around yes. later in the season, it's the 76ers. It's the 76ers, exactly. Well, and also what his agent came out and was like, uh, he said, um, also like agent don't come out. No. You don't need to talk. You don't need to say anything. We don't need a press conference. But the agent comes out and says, um, you know, Fultz had fluid drained from his shoulder. And then the next day comes out and goes, actually, I had it the wrong direction. He didn't have fluid drained from his shoulder. He had fluid in the form of a cortisone shot injected into his shoulder. Oops. God. You know, just pull the guy, say that he twisted his ankle for a couple weeks so you can figure out what's going on. No one will, no, this wouldn't be a news story. It wouldn't be something that everyone's talking about. But instead they put him out there with the worst free throw form (laughs) imaginable. Like yeah. it, like Shaq yes. was more fun to watch, just like pushing the ball. It's like, yeah. what is going on? And uh, it, bizarre organization, um, that is a rookie. Ben Simmons does not look like a rookie, yeah. but Fultz is, definitely does. Here, here's, a, here's, a new, here's a new segment for you that I just came up with in the Muse Cage, uh, based on our, our favorite Phoenix son, uh, Eric Bledsoe. And this segment is called hashtag I don't want to be here right now. <laughs> and Markel Fultz is probably not wanting to be there right now. Um, okay, so back back to the cage, back to the muse cage. I just have a couple others. So uh, you were correct. Kyle Kuzma does have the highest shooting percentage uh, aside from Julius and Larry. Um, it's really quick. Uh, this one is, you might know it. It's okay if you do. Do you know what Lonzo's shooting percentage is? 
field goal percentage. I don't, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just swing for it and get like 41. So it's 31. Ooh, 31. that's low. That's 31. Low. Yeah, it's 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 pretty low right now. His three point percentage is is um, super is, low. Yeah, is is point two two seven is twenty two point seven percent. His two point is uh, uh, is thirty seven point one. His effective field goal percentage is thirty six percent. So obviously not not great. Um, I guess so. I just want you to muse on that for a second. Obviously we've been talking about some great stats. I want you to muse on one that maybe isn't so great. I think that this is the area where we see that Lonzo is a rookie, and in almost every other area we don't see it. So it's like okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna take one. Let's let's go with the offensive firepower. What up, Kobe? Let's go. I think like if I would rather I would rather see Lonzo showing his rookiness offensively, like just from a shooting percentage like point, rather than any other perspective. I don't like if he was turnover prone, far more worrisome. If he wasn't playing good defense, far more worrisome. I think that he's exceeding expectations defensively, exceeding expectations rebounding. And, uh, and and meeting expectations with his assists. So, yeah, sure, his, his shot will come, his shot will start to fall, but it, you saw the same thing with Brandon Ingram, and Brandon Ingram's a lights-out shooter. He's going to be in this league. He's going to be an amazing shooter. Um, uh, his mechanics are all there. We can't say the same exact thing with Lonzo, obviously, but um, he he's going to be better than he is right now. Like, this is, this is... We didn't draft him to be a scorer or to be a shooter, and Lonzo has an impact on the game that... that uh, that like transcends his box score line because he affects the way the whole team plays. I, I, the most effective way to look at Lonzo uh, for now until more of the advanced stats come out is just plus minus. And he's got a great plus minus, so I, I'm happy. Uh, yeah. Especially if Brandon Ingram starts to shoot better, then we're fine. Like we saw that in the last game. If Brandon yeah. Ingram's like hitting his shots, dude. Lonzo, and I also love that Lonzo, like everybody's talking about him, like this total point guard. The dude, like, has it for maybe a dribble past the half court line. It's like he doesn't. Oh, it's out of his hands. So it's fast. A, it's amazing, and so it's it's a very, it's a different sort of point guard. It's not somebody that's gonna like you know call for the screen, slowly go around the screen, and get a little penetration and kick, and then you've got like ten seconds on the shot clock to make something happen. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh... Uh, someone I heard someone the other day talking about it, and they were like, "Does he even have a handle? Like, can he dribble? We haven't we haven't really seen that." Um, <laughs> Just a, a little bit when he was forced into it uh, in that first game against the Clippers, yeah, uh, where they had better help defense and they were really hounding the ball. So yeah, I mean, but that's not really his play. Where he's not going to be like Kyrie, who's going to you know clear everybody out and and wow somebody with his handle. That's not his game, and nor do we want that to be. I don't want to see him trying to pull that off. It, it even for Kyrie, a lot of the times it doesn't work, and it ends up getting a turnover for points. So yeah, yeah, there, it, it was kind of like there's like a uh, John Oliver, or Jimmy Kimmel, or Jimmy Fallon, one of the one of the dudes with J names who has a late night talk show. Um, it, it was like it was like, does Jared Kushner have a voice? <laughs> right, and then they had the guy who voiced the parrot in Aladdin come on and be like, I'm Jared Kushner, right? It's <laughs> yeah. like, you don't, you don't know that that's not his voice. It was kind of the same thing about Lonzo. Like, it could, it could come out the dude just doesn't know how to dribble. Um, I, I think he does. <laughs> yeah, I he don't. funny observation. I, I agree. And, and yeah, Gilbert Gottfried uh, dribbling probably is not He's exactly. Gilbert Gottfried, there you go. Um, <laughs> He's a little okay, bit Okay, so my that. last question, my last thing for us to muse in the muse cage, and then uh, 
we'll have two quick hits and then we'll get out of here. Um, currently, Brandon Ingram is averaging 15.8 points per game. Will it get to 20 by the All-Star break? I think like, Use on that. I think like 18. Um, I, I think that his efficiency is going to go up, but I, I don't necessarily think he's going to be taking very many more shots than he is right now. If anything, I think he might end up taking less. Um, as he becomes more and more of an offensive threat, I think he's going to pull the defense in. Ultimately, I think that Brandon Ingram is our best one-on-one option now is strange to say considering his frame but his aggressiveness this year is so much higher and his ability to get angles going to the rack like he is able to put guys on his hip now and so you see that yeah he doesn't have the biggest shoulders he doesn't he's not able to bully somebody in like a Dwight Howard or LeBron or some somebody that's able or even like a Westbrook who's able to cut in and like really make guys pay just purely with their frame but he's getting guys on his hip which allows him to to finish at the rim without having to be that big and so he's the guy that I want in that last minute situation if we're going to clear people out I trust him to make the right play and not just be selfish. He'll pass it out. I, I believe in the guy. That was a nice little subtweet at uh, Jordan Clarkson there. I know. It <laughs> is. I don't want. I don't want that anymore. That's not his game. He's he's better off ball. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Luke, for joining me in the Muse Cage, sponsored by my dog Kobe. Um, so to end out today, uh, just want to get a couple predictions from from the coach. Uh, we've got two games coming up here. Uh, we have, I think, the, the Raptors tonight and the Jazz on Sunday. So just going to really quickly, what's your uh, what's your win-loss prediction? I think we can win them both. You heard it here, folks. Luke, Coach Walton thinks we can win them both. Have you been talking to LeVar? Did LeVar tell you that? <laughs> I, think, I think the reason why I feel this way is looking at how we match up against a team with superstars but plays fast versus teams with superstars that play slow. The slow ones, not going to do so well. The faster ones, we can play. And so I think, especially against the Raptors, I think we're really going to give them a game. And I, I, I hope that we're going to see some great KCP defense. We're going to have to rotate a lot. Uh, but if we can lock down uh, that mid-range, and if we can not get wowed by like DeRozan's footwork and be able to like really get into these guys and get some turnovers, I think that we could open that game up really easily. Obviously, the Jazz presents a bit of a different problem with their interior defense, and uh, but they don't have Gordon Hayward, and I think that there's a chance for us to pull them both out, given especially given the momentum we got after that last game. I think these guys are ready to go on like a little mini run here. There you, I could see. There you it. go. You heard it, folks. Well, Luke, this has been fun. Uh, always great to chat. Muse on, John. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for checking out Luke Walton Talks Lakers. Uh, once again, check us out on social media on Instagram at Luke Walton Talks Lakers, Luke Walton Talks And on Twitter, it's just Luke Walton Lakers because they don't have as long of username limits or whatever. Um, and it's also really funny because I'm getting so many people tweeting at me now being like, hey, coach, change up the lineup. Like, Tons of people are hitting me yeah, up. People are people are hitting you up on social. You're getting social oh, by the peeps. Oh, like crazy. I'm. I feel so disingenuous, but it's so funny because they'll be like, "Yo, this lineup," and then I'll I'll hit them back, be like, "Yo, defense wins championships, man." <laughs> <laughs> so they'll be like, oh, "Okay, fair, fair, fair." Or like somebody somebody uh, was was hitting me up, and they're like, "You gotta get you gotta get uh, Kuz out there," 
And I, I saw the I saw it after the Wizards game, and so I just re- responded. It was like, how you like that fourth quarter, huh? <laughs> you should hit him back whenever anyone says something about a lineup. You should hit him back and be like, yo, next game, thinking about starting uh, Caruso, <laughs> uh, Ennis, uh, Zubats, Thomas Bryant, <laughs> Zubats, and, uh, and 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 Blue. Yeah, but call that. up Blue. Call up Blue. You're my boy Blue. Call up Blue. Call up Blue. <laughs> we need that scoring. Nah. <laughs> well, th- thanks for thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, I'm here with Jonathan and his dog Kobe squeaking away. Uh, this has been a fun one. Peace. <laughs>